Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Um, I'm back. Welcome to our Tuesday morning show. I don't know why I want today to be Friday so bad, but welcome to our Tuesday morning show. I uh, hope you guys had a solid weekend. Um, I know I sound a little congested. It just is what it is. Um, we have not as much to talk about, um, but I did go back and review some of our previous stories so it's kind of a bit of a update on some of those um yeah i have no clue how this is gonna go uh oh we're gonna start off with a complaint so a co-worker of mine let me try this uh starbucks k-cup it was honey and madagascar vanilla and i recently came to the understanding that i like starbucks i like their frappuccinos Mm, so good this was the most disgusting coffee I think I've ever, it was so disgusting. I'm not sure how they were able to manufacture this where the honey is stronger than the vanilla and the coffee. And the, and when did vanilla start tasting like dirt? I thought Madagascar vanilla was up there with like the Tahitian vanilla and it was supposed to be really good. Disgusting. Now I'm a Folgers girl myself. So I didn't think that my coffee taste buds were like you know so refined this coffee was gross and I drank it anyway because I was really tired and it didn't help me with anything I was nodding off and all that so yeah it's gross um but today I have my regular Folgers caramel drizzle um and I am using my Starbucks coffee creamer even though it has milk in it because I ain't going nowhere to like much later in the day but yeah uh, a lot about that so uh oh also um, I found a yogurt that works for me. It is a dairy-free yogurt, so that's a plus. It is the French, the Wee by YoPlay. And um, I found the vanilla one that I like, even though it's just not quite as sweet as I want it to be. Um, but it's not so tangy that it just makes me herb. Um, but they have a caramel, a pumpkin caramel one, and as soon as I find it, it's mine. But anyway, let's get into what we're going to get into. As usual, I have no clue how this is going to go. So just sit tight and like hang out with me for a little bit. Okay, so um, I'm not sure what made me look into this, but I recently came across, I've heard of them briefly, the Black Fives, um, and they have a foundation, the Black Fives Foundation. Their mission is to research, preserve, teach, and honor the pre-NBA history of African Americans in basketball. Um, I heard of the 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 Har- Harlem Wrens and the New York Wrens. That was the only team I'd heard of, but there's a bunch of others. You can go to the website, the Black Fives dot where is it, the Black Fives dot org, something like that. They have a Puma collection. Uh, ways for you to donate. Ways for you to get involved. They do. Um, different presentations in the community so that the uh, the next generation can learn their history. Um, and so what other teams were there? The 12 Streeters, the New York All-Stars, the Alpha Physical Culture Club, which I think was the first ones to be like independent. No, no, no they weren't. Hold on to that. Um, Company E, three, 372nd Colored Infantry, the New York Incorporators, Independent Pleasure Club of New Jersey, Monticello Athletic Association, Philly Panthers, L.A. Red Devils, New York Wrens, the Savoy Big Five, Scholastic Athletic Association, Smart Set Athletic Club of Brooklyn, who was like the bougie elite blacks, uh, St. Christopher Club, Vandal Athletic Club, Washington Bears. Um, one, of, I think it was the Alphas. One of them was like the first 
uh, team to push professionalism because back then getting paid to play basketball was taboo. So they pushed for these uh, basketball players to receive money and they were shunned in the community or something like that. People really didn't like it. But eventually, of course, that set the stage for basketball to become a source of income, especially in the black community. Uh, so if you want to learn more about them, go check out the Black Fives Foundation. Uh, so a late update way back in June, we talked about California, this federal court judge, uh, Roger Benitez, basically taking down the law that had been in California for at least a decade, banning assault weapons. Um, and he likened them to being no more dangerous than an army Swiss knife. Well, literally three weeks afterwards, so still in the month of June, that's how long ago this update should have been. Um, there was a panel of three judges from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals who blocked the ban. Um, so it's possibly still headed for the Supreme Court. I don't know in the order of importance where that's going to fall in line with. But yeah, so that was the update that I, we should have gotten way back in at least July. But there it is. Now, you know, there's still no ban on assault weapons. Or no, there's still a ban on assault weapons in California. It has not been officially struck down yet. Also, way back in June, we talked about uh, something that happened in April back in um, in Honolulu, Hawaii. The 16-year-old was killed, a shot by police involved in some kind of like high-speed chase in a stolen vehicle. And there were three officers who were charged. One was charged with murder and the other was charged with uh, attempted murder. Well, a judge decided not to charge any of them with any crime, um, saying basically there was nothing else they could have done. And obviously the prosecutor did not agree. Um, they're saying that basically no one was in danger with him being in this vehicle because he was shot from the back. And they were saying the only thing in front of the car that the kid was driving was an empty patrol car. There were no pedestrians. Basically, there was no reason for the officers to have shot him the way that they did. He was shot like eight times, something like that. Um, so, yeah, no, no charges. Um, and I don't know what kind of uh, civil rights groups are going to be involved in that, but I'm sure that's not the end of that particular story. Because I was in the spirit of checking in, um, I checked in to see what's going on in Georgia with our voting laws and the federal challenge, and it's not going good. Excuse me. It's not going very well. Um, apparently, there is like an uphill battle because this is a conservative court. And um, there was some case in Arizona uh, that however they decided in that case, I didn't care enough to look it up. It creates a new test for the, the um, discrimination um, of these voting laws in Georgia. It's basically what you have to be able to prove if you're challenging a, a, a law that involves voting integrity. So um, we'll wait and see. Uh, what's going on there um, because we're coming into the primary campaigning season here in Georgia. Well, everybody's prime. I mean, everybody's uh, not primary. What I'm thinking about midterms, the governor elections and such. So we'll see if there's going to be anything that changes between now and November of next year. Um, but they're still, apparently they're still actively pursuing the Georgia voting laws. Okay, lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. Our good friends Apple, remember way back then, they had uh, two really big ones. One I can't remember, and one they lost with the Epic, the people who make Fortnite. So just this past weekend, since Friday, there are 
three new lawsuits. So one that was filed last Friday by um, this guy in San Diego. No, I'm sorry, in San Francisco, Theodore A. Kim. He's petty betty and I'm here for it. He's suing Apple for refusing to honor his warranty uh, regarding repairs to his iPhone 12. Now, Mr. Kim uh, is suing them for $1,383.13, which is the exact exact amount of the cost of repair for his phone. Um, this is Yahoo News. They have the rest of the story. Basically, he has the he has the uh, warranty. They refuse to honor it. He got his phone fixed anyway. He paid for it, and now he's suing them for the exact amount. He's not trying to add in any punitive damages or anything like that. And he's also following up with the Better Business Bureau. So there's that one, right? And then Fox Business is saying that um, two former employees are suing Apple because of ageism and gender discrimination in the workplace. Um, they've launched the, you know, you guys know the Me Too campaign. They're launching the Apple Too campaign. Um, so the first one, Catherine Vartuli, she was, I believe, a finance director. She's suing on the basis of discrimination and retaliation from her manager. Now, she's the finance director, so I don't know who her manager would be. But she complained that um, she, once she found out she was making less than half of her male counterparts, and um, yeah, and then Bernadette Alexander, no, I'm sorry, Catherine Vartuli was an engineer. Bernadette Alexander was the finance director and she still has a manager. Um, and she was instructed by her manager to hire only young people saying that they're hungry, fast and cheaper. And then two years after he made that statement, they told her, hey, you know, you're coming on your 10 year anniversary of being in this position. We need to move you to another position because we already have three candidates under consideration and they're at least 10 years younger than you. So they have filed that suit. And I'm sure with this Apple II campaign, there's going to be others to come out also willing to sue Apple. And also, uh, wait, no, there's four, four lawsuits you're talking about. So also Apple Insider is saying that there's two separate patent infringement lawsuits um, against Apple. Now, Apple won that really big one against Samsung years back. But anyway, the first one is involving the iPhone camera. This company, Intervision, no, Emervision, um, says that uh, the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 13 Pro Max is basically still in their technology. And the second, um, the second thing is referencing NFC technologies. I don't know what that means. This company, Ire Technology Limited, A-I-R-E Technology Limited, suing for intellectual properties involving Apple Pay and Wallet. And then also Mac Rumors reported uh, earlier this month that there was a $95 million class action settlement violating the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act. So pay attention for Apple customers. If you participated in Apple Care Plus or Apple Care Protection Plan, on or after July 20th of 2012, and you received a refurbished replacement, you will get money from the settlement. Basically, the customers are saying, there's no way you can give me a refurbished model and have it be exactly the same or better than the technology I bought with whatever it is that needs to be um, fixed. So yeah, Apple gonna have to run that money, run them coins soon. 
Okay, so I think it was the last episode, but it could have been the episode before that. We talked about Kasim and him saying that NAACP was um, getting involved in dark money interest. And I said, what the hell is dark money interest? So I Googled it. Per Wikipedia, in the U.S., dark money refers to political spending by nonprofit organizations. For example, 501c4, social welfare, um, which is what NAACP is. C5 unions and C6 trade associations that are not required to disclose their donors. And I think that that is really interesting that Kasim Reed would say such a thing because in that same exact statement, he gave us a list of C5 and C3 organizations that support him. The International Association of Firefighters, Local 135, which is a C5. Um, and by the way, they uh, their political action committee, PAC, is one of the most active in the U.S., also, he mentioned the American Federation of State County Municipal Employees, uh, Georgia Local Lodge 1644, a C5, which is one of the more progressive um, Democratic pa uh, PACs. They actually cut ties with uh, United Negro College Fund over the uh, Koch brothers donation way back in the day, a couple years ago. Um, he also mentioned Georgia Federal, no, Georgia Federation of Public Service Employees which is a C5, the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Crafts Workers, Local 8 Southwest, a C5, and the Georgia Association of Black Women Attorneys, a 501C3, which is supposed to be strictly forbidden from being involved in politics. Um, so it's only dark money when they don't support you, but it's not dark money when they throw their money into your political campaigns. I'm confused. All right. Time to get into college football week eight. Let's get into it. Starting with the SEC, Arkansas beat Arkansas Pine Bluff 45 to 3. Ole Miss beat LSU 31 to 17. Mississippi State beat Vanderbilt 45 to 6. Alabama beat Tennessee, although they struggled in that first half, 52 to 24. Texas AM beat South Carolina 44 to 14. And for ACC, we have Florida State beating UMass 59 to 3. Um, Wake Forest beat Army 70 to 56, a game where no defense was played whatsoever. Syracuse beat Virginia Tech 41 to 36. Pittsburgh beat Clemson 27 to 17. Louisville beat Boston College 28 to 14. Um, Notre Dame beat USC 31 to 16. And I completely forgot to go back, but I believe North Carolina State beat Miami. Let's get the score really quick. Yep, <laughs> North Carolina State beat Miami. No, I lied. Miami beat North Carolina State. I'm so sorry. Miami beat North Carolina State 31 to 30. Correct my notes later. Uh, and for the rest of the top 25, we have Appalachian State upsetting Coastal Carolina 30 to 27. Uh, then you had Southern Methodist beating Tulane 55 to 26. Cincinnati beat Navy 27 to 20. Another ridiculous upset. Illinois beat Penn State 20 to 18 with nine overtimes, nine overtimes to get 20 points. Uh, Michigan beat Northwestern 33 to seven. Purdue beat Wisconsin in another upset. No, it wasn't an upset. How's that? That wasn't an upset. I'm sorry. Purdue beat Wisconsin 30 to 13. Uh, Oregon beat UCLA 34 to 31. Iowa State with the upset. There we go. Against Oklahoma State 24 to 21. San Diego State took care of Air Force 20 to 14. Um, who is this? UTSA beat 
Louisiana Tech 45 to 16, and Ohio State B Indiana 54 to 7. Let's check on over with the HBCUs SWAT conference. Um, besides Pine Bluff, way to cover them. Jackson State beat Bethune Cookman 42 to 12. FAMU beat Mississippi Valley 31 to 28. Prairie View beat Southern 48 to 21. Alcorn beat Texas Southern 44 to 27. Uh, over in MEAC, you had Norfolk beating Howard 45 to 31. North Carolina Central beat Morgan State 28 to 17. That's an eight, right? Or is that a 20? I think it's 28 to 17. South Carolina State beat Delaware 13 to 7. And in the SEAC, I'm calling them that, Miles College beat Kentucky State 28 to 21. Erskine beat Allen 47 to 40, another game where no defense was played whatsoever. Fort Valley beat Clark Atlanta 40 to 7. Albany State beat Savannah State to Boston 30 to 0. Ed Waters beat Central State 56 to 13. Lane College beat Tuskegee 21 to 17. Morehouse beat Benedict 20 to 5. And in the CIAA, they didn't nickname. Uh, Winston Salem took Livingstone to Boston by a score of 21. Fayetteville beat St. Augustine 40 to 12. Uh, Shaw University beat Johnson C. Smith 20 to 14. Bowie beat Virginia Union 27 to 7. Elizabeth City beat Schoen 32 to 28. And Virginia State beat Lincoln of PA 23 to 3. All right, NFL Week 7. I'm going to preface this by saying I didn't watch a whole lot of football this weekend. I just didn't, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Cleveland beat Denver Thursday night football 17-14. to 14. I know Baker's out for the season with some kind of shoulder issue. So they have, I think, Case Keenum in. It worked. Um, let's see. Green Baby Washington 24-10. to 10. Uh, New York Giants, Lord have mercy, beat Carolina Panthers 25-3. to 3. Um, so much for Sam Darnold. Uh, New England tow up the Jets 54 to 13. Uh, the Rams beat Detroit 28 to 19. Arizona, my God, they beat Houston 31 to 5. Kyle Murray and company look damn good. And I believe they're still undefeated. Uh, yeah, they're the only undefeated team left. Um, let's see. Tennessee beat Kansas City 27 to 3. I'm telling y'all, something is going on in Kansas City. I don't know what it is. Something major is going on in Kansas City. Uh, Cincinnati beat the shit out of Lamar and company in Baltimore, 41 to 17. Atlanta got a win against Miami, 30 to 28. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders beat Philadelphia, 33 to 22. Tampa Bay um, beat Justin Herbert in Chicago. Not Herbert. What's that child's name? Justin Fields in Chicago, 38 to 3. And by the way, Tom looked pissed, and they got 38 points. Uh, Sunday night football game was a goodie until it wasn't. Indiana beat San Francisco 30-18. to 18. And the Monday night game, which I completely missed, New Orleans beat the Russell Wilson-less um, Seattle Seahawks 13-10. to 10. It looked like I missed much. Um, yeah, that's it for football. Minor correction. I said that the... Boston Red Sox were up on those cheating ass Astros three games to two. I was incorrect. Those cheating ass Astros were up three games to two against Boston. And they ran a Boston on Boston. They won five to zero. So they won the ALCS four two, which means they're going to the World Series. We don't care. The Atlanta United um, ended 
the New York City, I think they're the Red Bulls. Anyway, whoever they are, they ended the game tied 1-1. Marcelino Marino scored in the 17th minute. Still in fifth place in the East right now. Next match will be tomorrow, Wednesday, at home versus Inter Miami at 7.30 p.m. So on Saturday, game six of the NLCS championship series for the National League of the Major League Baseball. The Atlanta Braves defeated the Los Angeles Dodgers 4-2, meaning that the Braves won the pennant, and we are moving on to the World Series against those cheating-ass Astros. Um, game one, all the games are going to be on Fox, and they're all starting at 8 p.m. So, game one is today uh, at 8 p.m. Game two will be on Wednesday at 8 p.m., uh, game three is on Friday at 8 p.m. And game four is on Saturday at 8 p.m. So when we come back on Friday morning, I will have a recap of game one and game two of the World Series. You're welcome. So Sunday, our Blackhawks managed to lose another game. Lost to the Detroit Red, uh, Red Wings 6-3. to three. Uh, Lucas Raymond had a hat trick for Detroit. And then the three scorers for Chicago, Henrik Borgstrom, Tyler Johnson, and Dominic Kubalik. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, we're 0-5-1. Whatever. So, our Friday to Monday recap of the NBA, the teams that I'm watching anyway. Atlanta is 1-1 uh, and since Friday. Uh, Charlotte is 2-1. and Chicago is 3-0. and uh, New Orleans is one and two. They managed to win a game against Minnesota. The Lakers are one and one and Golden State is one and oh. So we will check in Friday morning with the games from today. So Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday games. Okay, I forgot to do this way back when I gave you the college recap, but coming into week nine, our AP top 25 and number 25, we have BYU. 24, dropping all the way to 24, Coastal Carolina. Uh, 23 is uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. 22, a new entry, Iowa State. 21, San Diego State. 20 is Penn State. 19 is Southern Methodist University. 18 is Auburn. 17 is Pittsburgh. 16 is Baylor. Oklahoma State, number 15. 14, Texas A&M. 13, Wake Forest. Number 12 goes to Kentucky. 11, Notre Dame. 10, Ole Miss. 9, Iowa Eight, Michigan State. Seven, Oregon State. Who the hell is calling me? Uh, where was I? Six is Michigan. Five is Ohio State. Sorry about that. Four is Oklahoma. Three is Alabama. Two is Cincinnati. Number one, Georgia. I know I mentioned the Alec Baldwin gun incident, but I don't know if I gave you guys this update. Um, apparently, on this set, um, there were two accidental discharges of guns on the set before this happened and Alex Baldwin Alec Baldwin sorry told the people uh, the authorities that he thought he was told it was a prop gun but then I saw an article somewhere and I can't remember where that this gun was actually used for target practice offset so this is a quote-unquote prop gun um that is somehow not supposed to have been loaded that clearly was loaded and is used for target practice outside of the set and this lady, the, the cinematographer who was killed, was active in the uh, union strike situation. And I'm feeling at this point like it's a conspiracy and she was killed on purpose and Alec Baldwin is just collateral damage.
I have some more updates. Remember we talked about the president of Guinea, Alpha Conde, how he was arrested by the military Dumbuya guy? Well, I forgot all about the story. Then as I reviewed my notes, I said, oh, let's see if there's an update. Uh, turns out our good buddies, ECOWAS, they suspended Guinea as a result of the coup. Um, and there is, if you want to go to the website, uh, theafricareport.com. And it posed three really interesting questions about this whole situation. Why was he so easy to capture? Why did President Conde ignore basically everybody's warnings about Dumbuya? And three, who's going to be in charge now? Who's really in charge now? It's a, a lengthy read if you have time. Um, but as it turns out, the 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 guards or whatever who were supposed to guard the palace, they're not trained and they're not armed. Sir, what are you doing? Also, um, we talked about the uh, Chinese internment camps of the um, Uyghur Muslims. So there's an NBA player in his canter. He's a journeyman. Right now, I believe he plays with Boston. Um, he has come out. He's also a Muslim. He's come out in support of his brothers and sisters, the Uyghurs. And um, as a result, because China does not like for NBA basketball players to talk shit about them, they are banning all Boston Celtics games in China. Um, we know that China, they like to do that. Anytime a player says something, they'll cancel those games or whatever. Because um, they did the same thing when, uh, was it Daryl Morey? Who said something when they were in China? And it caused a little snafu. But anywho, um, Ennis Cantor has no problem of voicing his political opinion. Um, there was something he said about, because he's Turkish. So he said something about Erdogan. And he was in support of this guy, Gulen. And so Gulen, um, Gulen had some failed attempt at a coup. And as a result of Cantor's support of him, the Turkish government basically arrested his dad. And his dad was in jail. He was sentenced to like, I think, 15 or 20 years. His dad was only in jail for like four years. He recently got released because of it. And I think they're trying to get the family over to the U.S. But anyways, um, I don't know what made me go into that spiel. But anywho... Um, Ennis Cantor has come out in support of the Uyghur people, and um, so far they still are in the internment camps, and I believe the Chinese are expediting the process of um, expanding the population of Uyghurs within those camps. Sad. So, what's today? Tuesday? Sunday? Early Monday morning? Um Got a couple emails from the New York Times and the Washington Post. <coughs> Excuse me. There is a coup in Sudan. The military placed quite a few people under arrest in leadership. The Prime Minister, Abdallah Ham Hamduk? I think so. Um, he was basically taken. They allowed, they arrested him. They told him to make this, you know, pro-coup statement. He refused. So then basically they just made him leave the house and didn't tell his wife where they were taking him. Al Jazeera also is reporting that um, other people were taken by the military or not even the military, just, you know, a group of, you know, insurgents, terrorists, whatever, group of people who were trying to overthrow the government. The industry minister, Ibrahim Al-Sheikh, the governor of the capital Khartoum, uh, Ayman Khalid is his name, the information minister, Hamza Balul. And the media advisor to Prime Minister Habduk, or Hamduk, his name is Faisal Mohammed Salah, 
and also the spokesman for the Sudan ruling council, Mohammed Al-Fiki Suleiman. So um, Sudan is in turmoil, again, it usually is. Um, and I wonder what all countries are going to get involved in this, who is going to really get involved and try to force some leadership and how that's going to go over. But as it stands right now, Sudan has like no government that they can find. No leaders, I should say, of that government. Um, and I guess we'll learn more as this, as this goes along. But so that now you have Sudan, you still have the Ethiopian Eritrean con conflict um, and some other stuff going on just in the northern region of, uh, of Africa. Well, well, we've come to the end of our journey for today. I'll be back on Friday morning with an update of whatever's happened since today. Um, I noticed that because I'm not going in depth with all the NBA teams, I guess I could do a game-by-game -game breakdown since I'm only covering like five teams. And I say that because this episode is um, shorter than I thought it would be, but I don't know. I may or may not. Uh, I'm not going to go back and redo this one because I got stuff to do today. But um, if you guys would like for me to maybe go more in depth on the basketball, let me know. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at K-E-C-H-A-E-L-A. That's K-E-C-H-A-E-L-A. I know I said I was going to do a jingle or a commercial or something, but I don't know. I might later on. Um, also, hit up the um, podcast website, anchor.fm slash razzledazzle, anchor.fm slash R-A-Z-Z-L-E-D-A-Z-Z-L-E. You can listen to every episode of the podcast. You can leave me a comment. You can support this podcast with a monthly donation of 99 cents, $5.99 or $9.99 through Google Pay. I'd appreciate any and all contributions. Um, let me know what you would want to hear about, what you want to learn about, what you think I might be interested in, criticism of how I've covered something or what I've gotten wrong. And trust me, I'd be getting shit wrong. That's all I have for now. Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys and seeing you later. Bye.